Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's program. This is Calvary Live. I'm grateful to be a part of what God's doing in your life today. Uh, Just talking about the things of God right here on the radio, in your car, in your kitchen. A shout out to everyone that is in a hospital bed or room today or uh, maybe getting your, um, what do they call it? Uh, my dad used to do this, um, with the uh, dialysis. I know my dad would listen to things when he was getting his dialysis. I know it's not easy for you. Uh, maybe you're sitting there getting your uh, infusion of chemotherapy or radiation treatment. Wherever you might be, we're gr- grateful to be a small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. And this is an interactive show, so we want to... Uh, we want you to uh, grow in uh, God's grace by calling. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Again, my name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Yes, we are a Calvary Chapel ministry. So grateful to be a part of the broader family of Calvary Chapel. Uh, I was saved you know, here's the deal. Uh, I was I walked into a Calvary Chapel unsaved, and walked out born again. And I was born again, 1991, uh, at Calvary Chapel in Downey, California. Uh, my pastor Jeff Johnson uh, is the man that God used uh, to teach to share the gospel with me. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I walked into a Wednesday night Bible study in Downey, California. Like 3,000 people were in the room. I'd never seen anything like it. I've never, I had never seen a church that big. I didn't know that many people went to church. Uh, I I mean, I wasn't that, it, not like I was dumb or anything. It's just, I wasn't in that world. That wasn't my world. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't care. Uh, I, but, but I, I know even in a room with 3,000 people, the Holy Spirit spoke to one. His name is Ed. And I was born again uh, that Wednesday night, and my life was flipped upside down, or you could say right side up. Um, Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Want a shout out? Give me a text. You can text me. We fill the show with text messages, uh, and I'll interact with you text-wise. I'd much rather talk to you about it, but if you're in a safe place, you can text me, 720-336-0897. And so, you know, walking into that church, I had a personality I still do of all or nothing. And it's a it's a horrible personality to have when it comes to drugs and alcohol, but it's a phenomenal personality to have when uh, you're following the Lord. And uh, drugs were taken away. Alcohol was taken away. I was uh, smoking cigarettes. That was all taken away. And God began the rebuilding of my home and my life. And here we are 30 years later by the grace of God. 
unbelievable. I could talk on and on about the goodness of God and just the transformative work of my in in my life, my wife's life, my children, uh, and you know, one day grandchildren and all that God's going to allow us to be a part of. And so good, God is gracious. And he is so good to us. It doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter what happens to me. As we keep our eyes on the Lord, he keeps us strong and faithful. He pours out his mercy and grace. And even in the worst of situations, even in the worst treatment, and how people, you know, how people can be, even so-called believers, it can be really nasty and mean. And, and it doesn't matter in that sense because the Lord is faithful. And he is strong, and he is mighty, uh, and he is careful to love and care for his saints, um, even to the point of the cross, as we see with Jesus. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Robert in Lakewood, Colorado. I almost said California. Robert, welcome to the program. (laughs) Hey, Pastor, how are you doing today? Good. You know, there's a Lakewood in um, California, right where I grew up. Oh, really? I did not know that. Hmm. Um, I just had a quick question. I was reading in the book of Genesis last night, uh, Genesis chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Uh, God basically told Abraham to take, like, uh, a ram of three years and a sheep and some turtle doves and divide them. And it says that Abraham divided the animals, and it it says that he laid the pieces one against another. um, And then it says that a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed through where the pieces were. And so I was yes. just curious what that smoking furnace and a burning lamp was. Was that like a UFO or a cherub or what was that? Well, it's interesting uh, in the context of um, whether it was a UFO or not, anybody that would have been able to witness it probably would have called it that. Uh, it was definitely a, um, an appearance, you know, is definitely a, a manifestation. Um, but it says, you know, it appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch. And I believe that's, that's what it is. God came through. I don't think it was a, an angel, uh, as much as it was God's presence of, um, you know, I, I looked it up with, um, as you were reading along, I'm reading it here too. And it says there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch. And I believe that's what it was. Just his presence going through. Yeah, I I think that he created a smoking oven and a burning torch. I I was just curious. I was, I was reading through it, and I just I thought that was interesting. I just, first thing that popped in my mind was like a UFO or something, kind of like hovering over the ground. But um, I appreciate yeah. your insight on that. I think I think you make a I think you make a really good point here uh, that maybe you didn't intend to make initially, and that is. A lot of what we would identify as an unidentified flying object could very well be supernatural. It could be supernatural from the perspective of God's presence and his activity on the earth. But also at the same time, um, I believe most of the UFOs and the sightings today are demonic in origin or a demonic presence. Um, But it could be either or, you know, not aliens from another planet. Let's send a... Let's spend billions of dollars to send a machine to Mars. Um, you know these 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 interesting appearances that can't be identified specifically could very well be God's uh, God's presence uh, in order to bring about repentance and attention and 
other types of things. But, you know, it's all speculation, but it's certainly possible. Right. And I absolutely agree with you that uh, most of the sightings, I believe, are spiritual in origin because, uh, you know, like the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, uh, spiritual darkness in this world. And yeah. our biggest enemy is the prince and power of the air. And so I That's believe right. that he can put forth manifestations into making people think that it's an alien when it's just spiritual in nature. Yes. Yes, very true. Very good. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Okay, bye-bye. Great question. 303-690-3000. There's some fascinating things all throughout the scriptures. I, I think of the uh, the cherubim uh, and the different visions that Ezekiel received, you know, and uh, the, the, the things that people even in the world will go to the Bible and say, oh, see, there's UFOs, UFOs. And I don't think necessarily we as believers need to take a position of uh, being anti-UFO. I think there are many things in the Bible that uh, although they, I guess it's not entirely fair, you know, because the Bible, the ones that are revealed in the Bible are identified. Um, but that idea of an unidentified flying object, well, man, yes. I mean, there's a lot of things. It doesn't even have to be supernatural in origin. Um, but I do believe there are uh, this phenomenon that would then get our attention on the Lord and realize it's bigger than, <clears throat> um, it's bigger than, what we, you know, the, the universe is much, so much bigger than what we think it is. Good stuff. 303-690-3000. And of course, if you're in a safe place, you can get on the air as well. Uh, 720, this is for texting only. 720-336-0897. Now to Denver, Colorado. Brent is on the line. Welcome to the program, Brent. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Uh, I was wondering, uh, I've heard it said that if you are concerned about committing blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, then you haven't. And one way you know you haven't is because you're concerned about it. What about those Christians that may be concerned that they might be a terror? Now, I'm not speaking of me because I know where I'm at right now in my walk. So that's not really, but I've always wondered that if, you know, Satan, the enemy is always trying to tell us, oh, you're not a weed, you're a terror. But is there a small checklist or is there things that you would ask? And not necessarily, you know, chapter and verse, chapter and verse, but just how, how does one know that they're not a terror, especially when you want to make sure you're not? It's a great that's a great question and I do I do like the kind of logic that the original part of your question contains. You know, I can tell a lot about a person by what they're concerned about. Um and I think you can as well. You know, I think the when I when I'm talking to a person, I need to determine uh pretty quickly if they are a fake believer uh or if they're just a believer wrestling with the reality of maybe a mistake or an errant thought you know the normal human condition getting to know someone's personality that you know they doubt a lot of things because they have this sense of of doubting and wanting more assurance but the bible the bible does give us the ability to know that we know that we're saved um and one of them one of the things we want to be careful of is our 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 assurance of salvation should not necessarily be directly or 
or unnecessarily tied to our behavior because we can we can do we we can be we can be believer and capable of really bad behavior right that's that's true for you it's true for me so that in my bad behavior that doesn't necessarily mean I'm not a believer. It means I'm a believer with bad behavior. Um, and so it's not tied to our, just like salvation is not tied to our works, assurance is not tied to our works. I guess I said a lot of things just to say that one thing. Uh, works is not the the only identifying factor. It is a concern, right? Because if a person doesn't care, they blaspheme God, they're upset, you know, I have to take you for what I hear and what I see and, and lead you to conclusions. But the Bible says this, 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, this is the testimony God has given us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may know. So I would say, if a person was calling, if I wanted to say a checklist, I would say, Brent, do you believe in the Son of God? Yes. And I would say that is, so I would take you at your word, Brent, and I would say alone that belief is also not only tied to your eternal salvation in the future, but that belief is also tied to your eternal salvation in the present, which we call the assurance of our salvation, right? The assurance that we're saved now and that we'll be saved in the future. To which Brent would say, but wait a minute, Ed, sometimes I don't believe that. Uh, And I would say, well, in those times that you don't believe it, you need to ask yourself the question again. And you go, Ed, I'm struggling because I did a bad thing or I'm struggling because I'm not sure. I'm struggling because I'm wavering. And we, a person like that would need to rehearse their faith in the Son of God a lot more verbally, audibly, continually, so that their faith can continue to build their assurance. And another thing tied to assurance that's very important, I believe, is to understand the nature of salvation. If you and I are born again, then you and I have been born again unto eternal salvation, not temporary. And because we are born again into eternal salvation, then God has promised us that he is going to complete what he started, that he's going to finish what he started. And for anyone that's doubting their assurance, uh, I do think that memorizing scripture is super important. uh, And... One of the scriptures I think is important is in Philippians that you you and I can be sure that he who began a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, we definitely want to um, memorize that particular passage. It's in uh, Philippians. I don't have my Bible in here. Let me look it up on my computer. Um, it's in Philippians 2, I want to say, um, but it might be 1. I think it might be 1. He says, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to memorize that, right? Because if I believed, I had the God gave me the faith to believe the first time, then I want to remember what he started, he's going to finish. 
Um, another great verse to memorize and return on the topic of salvation is from the Old Testament um, that God will perfect, uh, let me look it up here, he will perfect that which concerns me. And that's a good, that the idea of perfect is the same Greek word, it's the Hebrew word that means complete. And so I know that God is going to, it's Psalm 138.8, that God will perfect, he will bring to completion that which concerns me. And then another verse I like is that we know that God is both the author and the finisher of our faith. So when I have doubts, um, because it, there are, you know, there are the attacks of the enemy, there are the attacks of our mind, um, we want to go back to simple faith. I believe, and I believe in the moment, and I believe now, and and the more I exercise my faith, the more God will develop within me an assurance. And and it's it's interesting, isn't it? Um, uh, do you do you? Uh, Brent, do you are you at work right now, or do you did you go to work today? Well, I go to work tonight. Yeah. Okay, I go tonight. To work at six. Yeah. So, just to protect your um, protect your house, everything. What are the numbers? Not the street or anything, but what are the numbers to where you're going to go to work? Two two five one. Okay, so when you go to work, are you going to go to six two five ten or five nine? No. Are you no. going to go to five eight? What if you doubted where your work was? You probably worked there for many years now. Yeah. What if you started to doubt? Ah, I, I don't. I'm on my way, but I'm not sure where the office is. Uh, and and you're actually right up on the building. It has the name of your company on it. You know, you you see it, but then you're like, ah, I'm not sure. And I know it's kind of a silly feeling, but let's just say you're overwhelmed and you're confused, and you know, I'm not sure. You're you're probably going to revert back to that which you already know to be true. And I'm sure you would probably take your chances to go into the building that you're doubting rather than to go to a whole new building at all. And, you know, usually I use an illustration like that to say, well, you know, my address is 123 Main Street. I know it's 123 Main Street. And if I go into 125 Main Street, whoever lives there is going to remind me that I'm 123 Main Street, uh, probably very forcefully uh, and... And so God is very similar where, yeah, we do have times of doubt and discouragement. We do have times of weakness. But even if we were to go into a different location mentally, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us will bring about that assurance that even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. And if we rehearse our belief day in, day out, it makes us more assured, not less. Do some people, uh, I remember in uh, Jesus said to strive to enter into the narrow gate, and some some people can misconstrue that as striving, uh, as, as repentance can become a work, that there is head faith, and then there is heart faith, which leads to salvation. And so I am meeting a lot of Christians in uh, I, I had lunch today with uh, a man that I wasn't, I didn't know was a Christian, but he told me he was. But then when I, hey, what's going on in your life? Uh, it's not the same answers that I would give. And so I, I struggle with, you know, I'm not going to call him out and say, well, you're not born again. But uh, many times in the scriptures, uh, Jesus says and the apostles write, if, if you do this and if you do that and if you strive to enter, strive to enter at the narrow gate, it seems to be a little more work than just a head knowledge and a head belief. 
So I'm struggling trying to, yeah. to to get people to, you know, basically what I'd say is you got to repent. And basically, I know sure. you believe and they profess to be Christians, but the, the um, you know, where I'm, that's, that's yeah. basically where I'm well, struggling. It's kind of a uh, different, that, that you kind of give a different side of the question, because let's, let's say this, let's say that you're going to work tonight and you know the numbers we already said, because I forgot them already, but you, you're going to work and you end up falling asleep and you don't go to work tonight. You don't go to the physical place. Are you still employed? Probably not. <laughs> well, most likely they they may give it a pass, you know, one or yeah. two later. No, like, but you're still employed. So the idea of you showing up at the building is if you show up to the building, you're employed. But the same could be said if you don't show up to the building, you'll be employed. So the idea of if, depending on the context, can sometimes be an in- interpreted or de- translated as the English word because. It could be both. It depends on the context and when you're reading it. And and so when you're talking to someone that isn't really demonstrating fruit of the fruit of salvation, they're not really talking about the things of the Lord, not acting like like Jesus made it very clear that you will know them by their fruit. So the the lack of assurance sometimes is just the evidence of never being born again to begin with. And when you are reading through what Jesus said, strive. It's a great word. It's the word agonai, or the Greek word ago, ago, agonazomai, which we get our word agonize. Um, and the idea isn't that you're going to accomplish it by effort. It means it's going to be hard. It means you're going to be resisted. You know, like it means, um, I'm reading from uh, from my dictionary here, to contend for victory in the public games, to generally meet, fight, and wrestle, uh, persevere against temptation, uh, it, it means to wrestle in in winning a contest, and and so really, what Jesus is saying is that 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 it's easier to go the wide. You know, when he talks about that, he's just saying, look, the the wide gate is going to be filled with many people, and you need to in in Matthew it says enter in Math in and um, Matthew seven fourteen he says because the gate it narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life, and I believe the difficult. The difficulty that's being described here actually is going back to the fact that the other way is so easy, and it's going to require effort on this part. And so, when you're talking about your friends and how they're talking, you know the the real issue may not have anything to to be with assurance in their life. It could very well be they're just not saved to begin with. Yeah, and a lot of them are telling me that they are, and uh, oh, I'm I'm born again, um, and uh, so that. That's just, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I tell you one thing that in my life, I guess if you could say, well, you know, I I, I got, uh, like in the last probably a couple of weeks, I may watch five minutes of TV if, if even turn the thing on at all. I don't go on to any of the social media, none of those websites. I find uh, if I want some news, I'll listen to the BBC because there's not a, propaganda or a political interest in in the uk so i can hear a lot of news or or public radio uh it just seems to be just just the facts like uh uh you know dragnet just the facts ma'am so uh i i've really come closer by just in absorbing uh grace fm hearing the word studying the word john MacArthur, and just completely stay out of the media i think the most dangerous media we have and what seems to pull me away the fastest is just turning on television and watching TV. 
Yeah, I I think there's it's it's everyone's going to have to make their decisions on what is what is Jesus really requiring us to lay aside and denying ourselves, taking up the cross and following Him. And it's very very helpful when what we take in is unified in that we're saying no to many things and saying yes to the things of the Lord. It's so beneficial. Um, it is so beneficial because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Uh, and and that's very, very evident as we start to participate in the world. And I don't do, I don't turn those things off to be saved. I turn, I turn right. those things off because I'm saved. Yeah. It's a choice a believer makes and that's, that's key. Um, and, you know, again, when, if, when someone tells me that they're saved, I'm going to treat them like they're saved. I'm going to talk to them like they're saved, and I'm going to hold them to a biblical standard. And you'll find out really soon enough, uh, as you do, as you treat them, they say they're saved, then I'll treat them like they're saved, I'll talk to them like they're saved. And then in that relationship, even at work, in that relationship, you'll find out very, very quickly if they're saved or just how mature they are as a follower of Christ. Because sometimes it's just a matter of maturity. And we are there, God's put us in their life to help mature them and grow them. Um, you just never know. So bless you, brother. God have, bless you, Brent. I have just one, I just have one simple prayer request. And you, you can do it later or whatever. I just no, want to become closer to the Lord. And okay. I want to be greatly used. I want to be used of Him. And that, that, mm. that's my prayer. Okay, well, let's do that. we got time for that. Father, I pray for Brent. His heart is to grow in your grace and be usable for your kingdom. He desires to, to see greater fruit in his life. He desires to enjoy you more. I just know, Lord, I just pray into Brent's life that, that his life of abiding will continue to grow, that he will repetitively draw his strength and his resources from you, Jesus, who have unlimited resources, that, God, you will uh, establish him and grow him and strengthen him in every area of his life, that he might be the man that of, the man following you, the man of God that he desires to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Brent. All right, give me a call, 303-690-3000. We do have a, I know the phone line's been busy, so we do have an open line now, 303-690-3000. If you do get a busy signal or you want to text me directly, uh, please do, 720-336-0897. Here's a prayer request that came through today, a sister in our church. It's been a year and a half since China locked down. And we were prohibited from traveling to complete the adoption of our 10-year-old. There are 400 other families just like us. Please pray that God would move these seemingly insurmountable obstacles so that 400 children uh, from China would be able to leave orphanages and have the love and security of family. So, Father, I pray with our sister Joy and the 400 other families that desire an open door uh, after, especially with all this COVID and all the difficulties, that you would move the leadership there, uh, their hearts like the rivers of water, so that open door doors would be open, so that joy and many others can go and be reunited with their adopted children and bring them home with them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. 
All right, we're coming up on the break. It's right around the corner. You're listening to Calvary Live. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM. And what a great opportunity to serve the Lord. I'll give you a little more info. I had a great question at church this week about Truth FM and Hope FM and Grace FM and how does that all work. I'm going to share with you about that when we come back. Uh, And again, you can text me anytime, 720-336-0897. Call me, 303-690-3000. My name is Ed. I'm pastor here at Calvary and Church in Aurora, Colorado. And and by the way, we're in Bible study tonight. Again, we're going to pray together. We're going to sing together. We're going to enjoy one another. Uh, We're going to study the Word of God. We're going to look at what good, godly, spiritual leadership looks like, especially in the midst of trials in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, as we go verse by verse. Come on out. Read ahead. Come on out. Let's worship tonight. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the second half of today's program. You're tuned in listening to Calvary Live, a live broadcast from the studios of Grace FM, where we take your calls and texts and we talk about the things of God together over the airways, not only for each other, but for the thousands upon thousands of people that are listening in with us right now. Calvary Live is not just a Bible question show, but rather a pastoral encouragement broadcast. We do answer Bible questions and we look things up, but the reality is is we want to minister to one another. We want to encourage one another. We want to point each other to the things of the Lord. It's so glad that you chosen to join us. Now, we want to welcome everyone as well on Hope FM and on Truth FM, other radio networks, one on the East Coast up north, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland and that area, but also down south, uh, originating, I don't have the list in front of me, Kevin, uh, of the state, states, primary states for, um, uh, for Truth FM. Um, but we had a welcome gathering in, uh, at our church recently with all the new people that are coming uh, to our church, as we do regularly. And one of the sisters talked to me about our radio station, Grace FM, Hope FM and Truth FM, and one of the questions she had was, "How how does it how does it work? How how can we own stations in uh, here? This little church in Colorado own stations in another you know another state like uh, Hope FM and Truth FM." And I had the privilege of explaining to her that Hope FM, Grace FM, and Truth FM are all independent church-owned stations. We don't own or or have any vested responsibility to Hope FM. Calvary Chapel in Marlton runs, and that local church there owns the Hope FM radio network. And Truth FM, serving Tennessee and North Carolina, they are owned by the ministry, Calvary Chapel in Tuscaloom, Tennessee. Um and I don't have the info. Maybe you could find the exact church that, that um, Truth FM comes out of for me, Ke- Kevin. 
Um, but we're independent church, and, and Calvary chapels have a, a, a lot of Calvary chapels around the country own radio stations. Most of them are low power, but some of them are full power, like ours and the ones you're hearing this on. Um, and But don't, don't let low power, full power fool you. In the right location, uh, a low power station can reach miles and miles and miles. It's a beautiful thing uh, that, that the government is allowed to use the airwaves that way. So I say that to say it's Calvary Chapel in Greenville, Tennessee. Thank you. Calvary Chapel Greenville owns Truth FM. So so I say all this to say, because this is one of the questions that the sister was asking. She wanted to support Grace FM. And so she was wondering how it all worked. Uh, and and this is why I, I ask for financial support. I ask for financial support for your local Christian radio station. We are not like K-Love. I'm sure you're familiar with K-Love, who, who have millions upon millions of dollars at their disposal and they keep asking for it and ask for it they're really good with their big i mean their praise thons or whatever they call them uh and they make a lot of money that way we don't do that truth fm doesn't do that hope fm doesn't do that instead we rely upon the faithful giving of tithes and offerings of the local church and the support of listeners that give uh and other churches that also support to keep christian radio on the air and I think it's just awesome. So if you want to give to Grace FM, become a regular giver. Go to gracefm.com. If you're listening to this on Hope FM, support Hope FM. If you want to support uh, Truth FM, go to Calvary Chapel Greenville and uh, support them there. Calvary Chapel Marlton for Hope FM. And and give. Give unto the Lord. He'll use it. Believe me, he will use it. He is using it. Uh, and so... Uh, it's really a, a privilege to be on the air. Uh, so if any, of you, if any of you ever wonder, we are all independent church-owned radio stations that belong to individual churches or organizations. You know, it doesn't have to be a church. Uh, it could be an organization, a nonprofit organization, but that's what, these are educational lines, so they're going to be owned by nonprofits, uh, which is part of the federal FCC laws. Pretty cool, huh? Unbelievable we have the privilege of doing that. Back to the phone lines, we have Rose on line three. Rose, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Rose. Hi, how are you, Pastor? I'm good. How are, how, how are you doing today? Not that good. Um, What's going on? I need, I need prayer for my 21-year-old grandson, Josiah. He's okay. been a heavy drinker for the last four to five years. We got him into a facility uh, yesterday, okay. and they're, they want to keep him, but right now they just have him on a five-day hold. Okay. But they want to keep him, but they have to go to court on Friday that the judge signs off on that, that I, that, that the judge signs off and they get to keep him. Okay. Well, other than that, he's going to come out, and God only knows what's going to happen to him. Well, we want him to stay and receive his treatment, and I pray that God would make that happen. Father, I lift up alongside of Rose, her grandson, Josiah, just overwhelmed by alcohol and um, in bondage to it. I pray, God, that you would not only break that bondage, but that you would also give him the kind of treatment that he needs and perhaps even wants, that he might live a sober life, a clean life, 
But more importantly, God, I pray in Josiah's that he would live a life that pleases and honors you, one that's submitted to you, that Josiah would live a life that serves you. And I pray you you would give Rose comfort as she is greatly concerned about her grandson. And we are grateful, your word says, grandchildren are a blessing from you. You have blessed generationally with grandkids. So for those that enjoy their grandchildren, I pray, like Rose, that you would hear her prayers and that Josiah would get the treatment that he needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, so much. Keep us up to date, Rose. I will. Thank you. Have okay, a good bye-bye. day. All righty. Heavy stuff, you know, and I, I think as you're listening to the program, I, I think that I, one of the things I'd like you to get, you guys that are listening, one of the things I'd like you to get is, would you would you receive from the Holy Spirit and understand from the Holy Spirit the weight and burdens that people around you are carrying? It's true. You may never meet Rose or, you know, our friend Bianca. Bianca comes to Calvary here in Aurora and I was talking to her last week and praying with her uh, after a service and she was just sharing with me things that, you know, she hasn't shared with other people, but they're burdens. She's carrying burdens. And maybe one day, you know, and if you listen to Bianca call, occasionally she will share burdens that we can pray. Uh, but, you know, even with people sharing burdens, they have other ones they're not sharing. and Because it's a challenging world that we live in. And I know that God is, he's faithful, ministering to us, loving us, but it's hard. I was teaching recently, uh, where was I? I was teaching in um, in another fellowship and I... Uh, I was just saying, you know what, we, oh, it was last, it was our fellowship. <laughs> it was our church last week. We were talking about trials and, and I just reminded our church that we serve real people. We we live in a real world that serve real people with real problems. And we point them to a real God that gives real help. And when you're listening to the show, um, pray along with us, would you? Maybe the Lord would use you to reach out to someone else. Uh, maybe God would just give you the confidence to go, you know, I have a friend that has the same situation. I'm going to reach out to them. There's a new person at church that's going through. I, I'm going to reach out to them. Uh, and and who knows how God wants to use you. Great stuff. All right, we're going to go over to Maryland now. Parkville, Maryland. Svelte, welcome to the program. Hey, praise the Lord, sir. Love your show. I listen to you when I can. I truly don't have a question. It's just a comment, and I wanted to hear your comment in response to my comment. And that is this. I don't believe COVID created this situation I'm about to explain, and that is that within the true church of the Lord God, the apostasy is unbelievable. When I look at some of the doctrines that these so-called leaders are espousing, one of the biggest is NAR, N-A-R, New Apostolic Reformation. When you listen to this stuff and you don't find it in your Bible, not per, not per se, it amazes me how... I remember in Jude and several books that Paul wrote in, he says, beware, they're going to attempt to create a whole nother gospel, present a whole nother Jesus, and then the apostasy. That is also what has just floored me, the rate at which it has increased and how so many so-called Christians swallow this stuff and they don't even go check. And I'm so grateful for your show. And for about 29 years ago, when I got born again, the Lord spoke in my spirit, not audibly, 
about a scripture that I was struggling with. He hit me sure in the face like I'm talking mm. to you. Search the scriptures like the noble Bereans and see if these things are so. Oh, no. Lord, I think we might have lost you. Oh, His return go. is going to be in my lifetime. I'm going to hang up. That's all I have to say, and I love your show. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Svelte. You know, I do agree in many ways with what you're saying. The it, it, it the the shaking of the church was certainly pre-COVID. Uh, I'm a firm believer. I think the first person I ever heard teach this uh, the first the, this way I've adopted it into my own vocabulary was Pastor John Corson. I think he used the illustration of a cup of tea, uh, and you know you, you're driving along in your car and. If you're if the person next to you didn't know what was in your cup, when you hit a bump, then you find out what's in the cup. The bump doesn't create what's in the cup. It only reveals what was in the cup. And I think trials and difficulties like COVID, like a year like that, does is a tremendous revealer. Uh, it reveals. It doesn't create. Uh, another illustration I use to describe that is is like being in the garage and you're hammering a nail. Uh, and as you're hammering a nail, you hit your thumb. And what comes out of your mouth is this word and that word. And your wife or your kids or your neighbor comes, hey, hey are you okay? Are you okay? And oh, yeah, I'm fine. Well, what I heard out of you, I couldn't believe the words I was hearing. I thought it was so good. I've never heard you say that cuss word before. And then defensively you answer well if i would have never hit my thumb i would have never cussed well that's not true it's been in you all along the the hitting of your thumb just revealed and drew out of you what has been in you and i do believe the church is at a crossroads felt i do believe that the shaking of the church through trial is something we all need to respond to and we're not the, the sad thing is is that what you describe involves believers, not just simply unbelievers or make-believers. And I'm reminded the passage of Scripture uh, is, let me, um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, the, Jesus talked about um, that he is going to shake everything that can be shaken. Um, and it is, it, there, there is a... Um, there, there is a time where when um, we're going to find out what's inside of us by the trials that we face. And there's only going to be, um, you're, only gonna, you're, you're only going to have what remains. You know, um, if, if God is going to be shaking everything that can be shaken, um, man, that means a lot of things aren't going to last um, that means that there's going to be a lot of, of challenging, uh, concerning things that the day of the Lord is going to bring. Uh, and, you know, the, the reality of, of apostasy, the Bible says, um, that, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, talks about yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens, um, the, the reality of of the the reality of God wanting to purify and separate and solidify, you know, the the things that need to be solidified. And believing believing things that are false 
is a temptation to all of us, you know? And praise God that he is with us. Praise God that he is going to strengthen us. Uh, and praise God that we can hear. And we, like you said, felt we can test all things and hold fast to what is good, including anything I say. I'm not a part of that movement you mentioned, but you need to test what I say as well by the word of God. Okay, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Um, we are back to Brent in Colorado Springs. Brent, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, What's going on, Brent? En- enjoy your show. Enjoy you. Enjoy Grace at Bam. Uh, anything you. you can do to get a bigger signal in Pueblo, I'd appreciate it. Spend a lot of time down there. So, Please pray for up. us. We I know you'll hop right on that. So, Thank you. But hey, I have a question. I'm I'm um, I'm in the second church uh, since becoming a believer about 20 years ago, and really good friends with my pastor. Our kids are about the same age. Have done a lot of things. Shared several meals, um, and he, he's really struggling. We had a tragedy in our church a couple of years ago down here, and I think it's it's really rocked him to the core. And he tries to be the um, tries to be the pillar and say he's okay. I've spent some alone time with him the last probably three months, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm doing better now, and it just doesn't seem that way. We're traveling on a mission trip together with about 18 other people from our church next week, and I'll have the opportunity to hopefully work with them and spend some time with them. Um, I know I can't even imagine what you as a pastor and he goes through as far as what he knows about everybody and the burdens that are on him, but how can I help him? How Questions I can ask, something I can do, or, you know, I've been praying for him. Oh, I pray for him all the time anyhow, but just the last couple of years, he's really seems to really struggled and really burdened. Well, I think that a couple of things come to mind just in general. Number one, uh, if he has let you into his life to that degree and, and you have access in that way and you have care and concern and you're praying for him, you're helping him more than you might realize. Like you're the, the fact that you're an upstanding member of the body and that you are serving and loving those things, uh, I know they don't get a lot of attention because the squeaky wheels usually get the attention, but that steady, faithful believer uh, in our fellowships are one of the most encouraging things to a pastor. And so in a general sense, I, I bet you bring him more uh, encouragement than you realize, number one. Number two, you know, you want to be careful uh, and you want to be prayerful and careful with him Thinking, you know, I was reminded as you were describing this and the situation, count in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, it says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And so there is a process that uh, the Holy Spirit uses to draw out from a person the things that are deep within. And as a pastor, there you have to accept, also in light of all this, you just have to accept there are some things he will never tell you. There are, And it doesn't mean you're not a good friend, and it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. There's just some things he is not going to tell you. Those are things that by, privy, by, by the privilege of his calling, he must keep inside, and he must draw his strength from the Lord. He must uh, keep that in confidence and you can't be offended if he doesn't tell you. You know, it's okay. He There just will be things he doesn't tell you. Another thing I think, as you consider your pastor, being available to him, praying with him, having a meal with him, serving with him on a mission trip, 
Uh, all of that is going to be great. It already is great. It's a blessing. Um, but the fact that your pastor has changed isn't necessarily a negative thing. You know, as you change over the years, you're growing in grace. You've been walking with the Lord for 20 years now. I'm certain there are things about your life that are different because you've changed over the years. God is using these deep issues um, in your pastor's life to, to refine him and disciple him and change him. And so not all the changes are necessarily bad. I know uh, as I face tragedy and difficulty in my life and our church, God has used them over the years to make me a better man. And maybe I'm a little more subdued. You know, maybe I'm a little more sad. Uh, maybe I'm a little more quiet, which is different than perhaps the earlier years. Um, but but different doesn't mean bad. I'm I'm a I think I'm a better pastor now. I think I'm a a better friend. I think I I have greater care and concern for my church and the precious people that serve alongside of me, my wife and kids. You know all of that. So those are all general thoughts. But here's the thing I think that will help you as you help him. You may want to. Wait, you may want to look for that specific opportunity to see if your pastor will answer this question along the lines are, Pastor, I noticed you changed over the years. I know it's been difficult. Are you in crisis? Like if he's in a crisis moment, that's different than everything we just talked about, right? We want to, right. if he's in crisis, we, we don't want that crisis to continue, right? We don't want, we don't want him to be in crisis and then go off the edge, but I suspect he's not in crisis. I suspect that he's just, he's he's different because the circumstances surrounding his life is different. And with you being available to him, with you knowing it's going to take some time to draw it out, with you knowing you're going to love him and care for him and hang out with him and encourage him and strengthen him, that you're already helping him, um, he's very blessed to have you in his life. Let's put it that way. Well, as as am I, I have him in my life. And it just, I just you know, just don't know how to help. And I told him that, you know, I'm praying for him and, you know, those superficial, Hey, how are you doing? You know, kind of alone time things. It's just been that. And so I didn't know if there was anything um, more in depth that I could ask. And so, and I don't want to know, you know, I don't want to know secrets. I don't want to know the secrets that you have, you know, I mean, your burdens are incredible and I appreciate all pastors and what they go through, but uh, I just want to help him, you know, and, and if just praying for him and stuff, I, I appreciate your, encouraging words and uh, I'll just love on him a little bit more when we're in a hot environment sweating to and how about this uh, how to. about this let me give you another tool Brent uh, you have something to write with um, yes okay you ready uh, seven 12 seconds 12 seconds one two three no um, I, I uh, where are you guys going on your mission trip Puerto Rico and what are you guys going to be doing um, building definitely kids ministry in, in, yes. in the mornings, and hopefully could be working on a church that was devastated by uh, the hurricane four or five years ago, uh, but could be some uh, work in the community. Not quite sure. That's they awesome. just said, be prepared to sweat. That's awesome. So, That's good. Yeah. Okay, okay I'm ready. so here's here's what I'm going to do. Uh, here's, a number, here's a number I want you to write down. 720-608-6000. Zero zero one two. Okay. That is a number that your pastor could reach me if he needs it. And here's how oh, you okay. can use it. You can say if you see in, if you feel like in the conversation 
there's an opportunity for a statement like this. Pastor, I know it's heavy. I know it's hard. I couldn't possibly understand all that you carry. But there is a pastor in, in Denver that he also has been going through tough times. And you just want to talk to somebody outside of your church, somebody that will keep confidence, that's a pastor. And I've been pastoring here for 21 years now that can just pray with him and give him an outlet. You can use my number and give that to him. And I, I would serve him in full confidence, encourage him. Um, and at least, you know, again, if you sense that in his life, like you've come to a place and, and I just know serving a lot of pastors all around the country, even around the world, it just helps to talk to somebody that, that, that has a sense of doing the same thing you're doing, uh, praying together and just knowing you're not alone is such a big deal, um, that you have permission to use that number. And, and if I can help him and he calls me, I will, I will come, I will commit to you and to him, even though I don't know him, I commit to help if I can be a help. Great. I, I appreciate that a great deal. And that might be a more quote unquote safe environment for him than, you know, uh, releasing something to somebody in the congregation or the pastors in our area. So I appreciate I, I agree with and that. And again, I appreciate yes. everything that you do. And I thank you so much okay. for taking time uh, to answer my question and help me. Okay. God bless you, brother. Uh-huh. He already has. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> so good. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Here's a text question. Hey, Pastor Ed, seems today more often than not Christian hip-hop or Christian rap has a more direct gospel message than even contemporary Christian music. The lyrics are filled with Bible verses, direct call-out. What are your views on groups like 116? Never heard about them. Lecrae, I've heard him. KB, I don't know. Andy Mineo, I don't know. uh, Because that's not my genre of music. However, I'm very encouraged that every genre of music be used to the glory of God. And I know Pastor Ian here and others listen to this genre of music, uh, and I say, yes, 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 yes. Use it for the glory of God. Let it, let it go forth in encouragement. L- let it be used for the glory of God. And even though it's not a genre that I typically listen to, I've never really listened to it, um, I think late at night, um, here on Grace FM on Saturdays, we have a whole block of time reserved to hip-hop and Christian hip-hop and rap. Um, I don't know what time. Do we have a set time, Kevin? Um, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Saturday uh, p.m. So Saturday from Saturday 11 p.m. to Sunday 2 a.m. Um, we have a block of time. I know it's a little late, but we have a block of time that is uh, dedicated to hip-hop and rap here on uh, Grace FM. So pretty cool. Um, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Text message. I was raised a Catholic. They place a big emphasis on penance after sinning in order for forgiveness. Uh, Dealt with priest and confession. I don't see it in the Bible. Am I missing something? Uh, you are absolutely missing nothing that is not a biblical practice. It is a practice out of man-made religion that's rooted in guilt and works-based salvation. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to forgive you of all of your sins. You do not need to confess your sins to a priest. You do not need to say Hail Marys and other things that are given to you. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient. 
what's required when we sin is repentance. In 1 John 1, 9, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, unfortunately, the Roman Catholic Church, this is one of the many things that they have incorrect in their theology. It is wrong and unnecessary to confess to a priest uh, and to do penance. Um, Jesus Christ paid the price completely sufficiently. All right, that's going to be it for today. I can't believe how fast the time goes, but some really good questions, really good calls. Thank you guys for participating. We want to invite you out to church tonight. Be here in person. That's the best way, but you can also join us online at calvaryco.church. I'd encourage you to download our free app so that you can stay connected with us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, and all of that can be found at calvaryco.church. We're going to be here Mountain Time, 7 p.m., 1 Peter chapter 5, first four verses. We're going to look at spiritual leadership. There is a biblical model for spiritual leadership. We're going to study that tonight, verse by verse. We're almost done with the book of 1 Peter, and you guys know that as soon as we're done with 1 Peter, we're going to start in 2 Peter. And then as soon as we're done in 2 Peter, we're going to go back and finish the book of Jude. And then after Jude is done and recorded, that means we will have on our app and our website recorded studies from the entire New Testament, verse by verse, every single verse. So come out to church tonight, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, calvaryco.church, worship, word, communion, uh, Bible study, resurrection, coffee. Come on out. We'll see you then. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.